You're listening to Make and Create, a podcast dedicated to empowerment in the creative and business space. In a time when social media so often portrays the perfect picture, here you can find the raw reality behind pursuing the path less traveled when it comes to creative pursuits, careers, and life. From entrepreneurs to artists, designers, and individuals pursuing a non-linear journey, this space houses inspiration to keep you motivated while traveling your own path. We make our choice each day to show up in our creative endeavors, even when we fail. When we push through those dark, hard moments and keep on keeping on, I find that's when we bloom. I'm excited for this journey, and I'll be walking right there with you. Don't be afraid to reinvent yourself. Welcome back to Make and Create. I'm your host, Genvigia Lazan. This week is a continuation of exploring careers and journeys that are outside of the norm and that have a spiritual vibe to them. I feel like this concept of making create connects so well with this idea because so many of us are looking to create a fulfilling lifestyle and career that goes beyond the typical make money, spend it, and repeat. People seem to want to be a part of something bigger or at the very least pursue endeavors that are fulfilling and leave this world a little bit better. I spoke with a body astrologer a few weeks ago, and I wanted to add in another interview that spoke deeper on the concept of magic. As a Latina, my personal history has often merged the traditional ideas of spirituality with the not always talked about side of our family, what we consider the bruja side. The older I get, the more in tune and aligned I am with my spiritual beliefs and my ancestors. I stand firm in my spirituality and the history that many from the diaspora hold dear. For too long, too many of us have been afraid of what we didn't understand. But the reality is that our spiritual power is an innate part of us. It is our birthright, and I think it's about time we talk about it. With that being said, this week I talked with the Conjure Queen herself. She's made quite the name for herself on YouTube with her channel dedicated to sharing and teaching the mysteries of the occult and helping her viewers to elevate their minds. Conjure Queen is a spiritual advisor, motivational speaker, teacher, holistic healer, and mentor. Viewers tune into her channel to develop their spiritual consciousness, get an eye-opening perspective on the latest trending news, and to hear the inspirational gems that the Queen drops. The conversation I had with Conjure Crane was mind-blowing. It was not only eye-opening, but really fun. She shared some insights on her journey building her channel and being so open about her craft. She also shared her thoughts on spirituality, its evolution in the digital age, and following a personal path to enlightenment. She shared her story on developing her own spiritual gifts and offers advice to those who connect. We even talk about conspiracy theories and the realities behind many of her messages that deal with the concepts of the elite right here in America. That's what I love so much about Conjure Queen. She keeps it real. Even when we don't want to really hear or listen to the messages relating to the realities of our world. We talked about the divine feminine and the histories behind magic and the fear that causes the colonizers of the world. We go deep, but she keeps it light and inspiring as always. If you're into spirituality, the concepts of magic, the idea of elevation, and enjoy the tea on conspiracies, then keep listening for the full interview. So what I want to start off with is just start off with an introduction. 
about yourself, maybe your background and the whole journey leading you into your whole spiritual consultation work, the digital spiritual shop you run, um, and just more or less your experience on being what I like to call like a modern-day bruja. Ooh, okay. Let me see. So how can I break that down? Basically, um, who am I? Okay, well, most people know me as Conjure Queen. I have a YouTube channel where I speak often about spirituality, the metaphysical world, alchemy, and pretty much our ancient science and art that our ancestors practiced since, like, antiquity. So, as we all know, due to slavery and history and a whole bunch of other things, we've lost this knowledge. So, I decided that I wanted to start bringing this knowledge back to the public, to start bringing it back to our people, because now that we're in the age of Aquarius, and everybody's waking up now, um, and we have a lot of charlatans out here, girl. Oh, my goodness. So, I'm like, you know, (laughs) I'm like, when I started seeing people, like, robbing and raping everybody, you know, scamming, I'm like, nah, I gotta, I gotta step up and teach people what's right and what's wrong because there's mm-hmm. a lot of misinformation out here. So that's what I do. I also um, do readings, spiritual readings um, for people. I give guidance and counseling in regards to, like, love, career, health, and, you know, things like that. And um, and I also have a shop, a shop, Divine Magic 22, um, where I sell my products like spiritual baths and aura sprays and, you know, um, oils and ancestor money and things like that. And um, to answer the question about um, how it is being a modern-day bruja, well, I feel like now society is a little bit more accepting of uh, brujas. And for people who's like, what the hell is a bruja? Um, a bruja is just a Spanish word for witch. And the witch, when people hear the word witch, and we have to, like, remember um, indoctrination has taught us to fear things. So witch mm-hmm. isn't what we think it is. Like in, you know, uh, popular culture, you see an old hag with a black hat and a broom and a black cat. No. That's not what a witch is, okay? That's just a stereotype. Now, mm-hmm. what a witch was back in antiquity, our ancestors, they were known as the wise woman, right? Even some wise men, because witch really means wit, like witty, clever, smart, wise. So they were the wise woman. They knew all the ancient secrets. They knew how to use herbs and, you know, um, minerals and things of nature to heal and help and sometimes even to harm those people who was like a threat to their community. So now we're bringing that knowledge back to the people. So whenever somebody calls you a witch or, you know, a bruja, consider it a compliment because it just means that you're wise and you know your craft. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that you kind of highlight the, it's almost like this birthright that we're coming back to. Um, I'm a Latina. I'm Mexican and Puerto Rican, so similar, you know, to what you're talking about. I had a great-grandmother who was a and on the island they call them espiritistas, but basically she was a bruja and a healer and a medicine woman, and she used things like herb work, and she worked with ancestors and the spirits and things like that. Um, so it's really interesting how we're taking ownership of that again today where, you know, you kind of mentioned there's a little bit more openness to accepting that and being open to that. And you see a lot of it online now, um, but you're right, like that idea of, 
being afraid of what's unknown. And then when we look at, you know, Catholicism, Christianity, and that whole transition from paganism into what we're seeing in modern day religions, a lot of it was like this cover up of what this idea of paganism and the belief systems were. Exactly. And then the crazy thing is a lot of these, you know, priests and stuff, they practice our ancient craft. Mm-hmm. In the Vatican, all of our science, all of our magical uh, rituals and all of that that we had back in the temples, back in all of our ancient libraries, they made us think that, oh, you know, when the, the um, they call them people, I can't think of them right. The mercenaries. When the mercenaries mm-hmm. came and they, you know, pillaged the land, they made it seem like they burnt down the libraries and all the information was lost. But what they don't tell you is that they took the books, they took the knowledge, and they kept it in the Vatican, and then they burnt down the libraries and they burnt down the villages and they killed the people, okay? And they yes. killed the elders because the elders had all the knowledge. So if you mm-hmm. want to wipe out a culture's information, knowledge, and a people's uh, memories, you got to kill the elders. you got to make sure nobody oh, yeah. else has the information. So oh, yeah. somehow there was a leak, and we mm-hmm. are the elders reborn, giving this information back to the people. Yeah, but you see it a lot, too, with um, if you will ever read some of those, like, medieval grimoires, the old books and things like that. There's a lot of, like, Christian ideas and Catholic ideas mixed with, paganism in terms of how they're approaching like medieval magic which was meant for you know men and and you hear about priests using this and reading about it so it's really interesting to see how the whole idea of colonialism like you're saying like the killing off of these these states these people these um you know places and trying to blend them into what the common powers want it to be mm-hmm. that's a fact <laughs> Can you tell the listeners more about uh, your YouTube channel and your website? I think the big thing with me, why I was always drawn to you, is I love how you keep it real. You're not afraid to, like, spill these gems of, you know, information that people don't necessarily want to think about, but, like, you really make people think differently. So I want to hear more about, like, what led to the launch of the channel and whether or not you're nervous to put yourself out there initially, because I feel like sometimes, and I know this is a conspiracy theorist in me, but, like, I'll be watching one of your lives sometimes, and, like, the the, the channel will get, like, the, you know, the video gets all shady or messed up, or it'll pause, and it's like you're at a really good and important point. <laughs> and I'm like, is YouTube playing? What's going on here? <laughs> well, we got to realize who owns YouTube, okay? So... I mean, it's not it's not a conspiracy theory. It's a fact, girl. We already know. Because some people, they don't even bother. You get me? Like, um, yeah. for instance, you know, Alex Jones, he's been, like, the, the top of all the conspiracy theories. And, like, he has, like, tons of followers. And his videos never get messed up. So sometimes you got to realize, like, you know, there's some infiltrators. There's some, mm-hmm. you know, frauds in here acting like, oh, yeah, we're, we're the conspiracy theorists bringing this information to you. But then you got to start looking at, like, wait a minute, YouTube never mess with their videos. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they seem fine. Hmm. You know, we got to be a little bit sketchy and, and skeptical about that. But um, to answer the question about, like, what, how did I get started on my YouTube channel, um, it's interesting because, I started my my first video was actually made in um what was it 2015 in the fall or whatever and 2015 was a really 
interesting year for me. It was me leaving my past self and walking into my new life. If any everybody experienced that moment where of transition where you have to shed your skin and sacrifice something for the greater good. And as human beings, we hate doing that. We like to stick to what we're used to. So anyway, mm-hmm. I was going through um an ending of a, a long-term relationship. I was in a really narcissistic, uh, I was in a relationship with a very narcissistic person. And if anybody knows about, you know, being entangled in a narcissist web, it's so hard to get out once you're in. You get me? You don't even know that you're in that web. So anyway, uh, and, you know, narcissists, for just a little quick because some people will be like, what is a narcissist? A narcissist is basically somebody who's selfish, somebody who tends to feed off of the energy of others. They like to take and take and take, but they never give. And usually um, narcissists, they like their victims tend to be empaths, givers, healers, you feel me? So like incarnated angels because these people, the indigos and the light healers and stuff, we just naturally give. We want to heal. We see their pain, and we feel like it's our obligation to heal them. So mm-hmm. for the listeners out there, listen, if you're in a narcissistic relationship or if you feel like you're always the one giving and you feel like, you know what, i got to stay, i got to help this person, they need me, one hard lesson that I had to learn was that you don't have no responsibility or obligation to heal anybody. If that person doesn't want to heal themselves, then you have to know when to walk away because the longer you stay, the harder it is to leave. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Say it louder for those in the back. (laughs) Okay, because, like, you know, that has to be reiterated. That has to be because Mm -hmm. as women, we're always told that we have to sacrifice ourselves, sacrifice for our children, sacrifice for our husbands, sacrifice for the community. Like, we never, ever told that we have to look out for us. We're never told, hey, put yourself first, love yourself first, give to yourself first before you can give to other people. Because how can you give other people from your cup if your cup is empty? you got to make sure your cup is full. Give of your surplus, not the last little drop you have, because then you're going to resent the person, and it's a whole lot of drama with that. But anyway, Mm -hmm. moving forward, because back to the question at hand. So um, basically I got started in 2015 because I was going through uh, a rough breakup. You know, I left uh, a long-term relationship, and I I just needed something to vent to. Like, you know, my family, they're hardcore Christians, so I knew I couldn't speak to them. And um, honestly, even before the breakup in 2010 when my grandmother um, passed away, when she transcended to the ancestral realm, that's actually what woke my eyes up to the metaphysics, the spiritual world, because people don't notice, but like I said, my family, they grew up Christian, I was raised as a Christian, but then in my teen years, I met an atheist, and he, you know, he opened my mind up to a different world, because I was always skeptical about the church, I was always skeptical about the Bible, certain things that make sense to me, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm like, wait a minute, so if Adam and Eve was the first human beings on the planet, and they had kids, like, and they kids repopulated, wouldn't that be incest? Because that means that their siblings were having sex with each other, and the pastor could never answer these questions, right? It was just certain things that my mind would ask, and nobody could answer me, things like that. <laughs> so anyway, yep. uh, I started questioning the church, and nobody could give me answers. Met this atheist. Atheist opened my mind up to um, a world of possibilities where there is no God. 
So then I went from becoming a, a scary, God-fearing Christian to an atheist, a non-believer. Me feeling like, you know what, I'm the God in my reality. There is no God. There is no supreme creator. There are no spirits. There is no supernatural. There's just here, and that's it, right? I went from being, you know, right brain to all the way left brain. What I see is what I get, right? Now, it wasn't until my grandma passed, like I said, where I actually started to get back into my spiritual path again. Because it was like I wanted to reach out to her. I couldn't accept that she was gone forever. I'm like, no. So I started doing research, trying to figure out how do you contact the dead? How do you reach out? Is there another world? I started to go through supernatural things. My dreams got more stronger. Because my grandmother, she was also um, a seer. She could see Mm -hmm. things. She had visions. She had dreams. My mother had it. I have it. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and most of the time, these psychic gifts are passed down through the women in your bloodline. This is why the mm-hmm. women tend to um, be very spiritual in, you know, the indigenous cultures, indigenous communities. So, um, with that being said, fast forward to 2015, that's, I decided going through that rough transition with my relationship, I decided that, you know what, I need to vent to somebody. I need to open up. I'm going through so much right now. And I just bought this new laptop, and I'm like, you know what, let me let me just make a video. You know, and it was just so random. Like, I don't know what it was, but something compelled me to just make a video. Nobody knew me. Girl, if you go back all the way to my first video, my hair was a hot mess. I was in my PJ. <laughs> I was in my room. The lighting was bad. Like, I didn't even expect anybody would, like, tune into that. It was just, like, me venting to the world. You know how you want to vent to that stranger that, that can't judge you, that don't know you, and you're never going to see them again? It was yep. that moment I was in. I was really vulnerable in, in a tough place. So I just said, let me make a YouTube video. Screw it. Ain't nobody going to see this. And lo and behold, you know, I got feedback. I'm like, wait a minute. You know, people tuning in, people commenting, people actually like this information? Okay. Mm-hmm. Then I started making another video because people kept asking for more. And, you know, and lo and behold, I just it started to just build momentum. More people came. People was interested. The followers increased. I got subscribers. People were sharing my videos. So I'm like, wait a minute. Like, I think I may have something here. Mind you, I'm a cancer. I'm kind of very uh, reserved, shy to myself. So mm-hmm. that was a big leap, you know, coming out of my comfort zone. Um, and, you know, doing a YouTube video just really helped me to grow a lot. And wow. um, I would just, you know, tell anybody out there, if you want to start a business, start a YouTube video, a channel, a radio show, whatever, get out there and do it because, like, you're only going to be, you're only going to live this life right here one time. So do yeah. everything that you want to do and get it out the way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love, too, that you like, it was that, I feel like, death, as much as it's a a really hard thing to deal with, um, often it leads us down new paths. And you kind of mentioned that open your eyes and the lineage within the women of your family, the seeing, like we have that in my family too. And my my mom always jokes, Shani, you're a psychic. (laughs) And I'm like, it's because grandma was. But like the dreams, dreams are always like the big thing for, for me. It's like I'll have a dream and then something will happen and I'll be like, oh my god, that was that was that. <laughs> it's like, and it's usually those hard things, those hard transitions. I think that are leading us up to opening our mind's eye and leading us up to being who we need to be in order to get to that next level spiritually. Like you were mentioning when we first, you know, got on the call, Mercury retrograde and all that. Like 
And I remember I emailed you. I'm like, I, I'm in bed. I had a surgery. Like, I literally was working out, and I ruptured my Achilles tendon on my right leg. <laughs> and I've been, like, bedridden in a cast for the last couple months. And I'm like, what the hell, ancestors? What am I supposed to be learning about this? <laughs> like, what are you – why is this happening? <laughs> but, yes, it's like those hard things allow us to grow and evolve and Oh, I love it. Like that that's what like it leads you to opening your heart to that spiritual path. I think we all a lot of especially those of us who are on the spiritual path, it's like we go through that, you know, from a really strict belief system to then being non believers and then all of a sudden opening up and realizing, Okay, well there's what is this universal power? What am I not what am I missing? What can I learn more about my roots, our my ancestors, the history behind my culture? Um, and for a long time, you know, you know how they say like history is written by those who, you know, who win the wars or whatever. Um, I, I've, I have a firm belief that a lot of our history is written by the colonialists. And that's why it's so hard to learn about, you know, indigenous cultures or, you know, our, for me, the Mexican and Puerto Rican, the Arawak, the Tainos, we have Taino blood in us. And it's hard for us to find that because it was it was through words and, and there's so much going on that doesn't allow those stars to get passed on anymore. And when we look in the history books, we don't see that information that we want to hear. So I feel like it's so important for someone like you to be out here right now sharing this information because people want to know and they need to know. And it's like, it's like you're taking back that power and, I feel like when we can do that and we can lift each other up, we can change the world. Because right now it's crazy. Like it is, it blows my mind how crazy it is right now with how people behave and act. And I always know, and I always knew there's racism against, you know, African-Americans, black people, um, you know, Latinos, Hispanics, you know, people who are Mexican, people like me, I've seen that, I've experienced it, but like, it's so out there. And then for someone like you to come out and be sharing like this beautiful spiritual love with the world, it's so needed right now. That's okay. We all need it. We really need healing because like, there's genocide going on right now. Like, I don't, I'm not the type of one to watch the news because the news is full of propaganda. But mm-hmm. I will say that they really want us to wipe ourselves out. You feel yeah. me? Don't create yep. any borders. And he got these kids in cages. And it's just like, mm-hmm. he's trying to create, you know, anger among the people, anarchy, so we can fight amongst ourselves. That's what the elite always wanted divide and mm-hmm. conquer. But we yep. got to realize that at the end of the day, it don't matter if you, you know, black, white, green, yellow, blue. Like, look, they all trying to keep us in cages. And they started with the babies. You think that they won't put us in them cages next? Okay. Mm-hmm. So yep. you really need to, instead of, you know, I always feel, because I remember there was a point in time when I was in the whole, you know, the the radical black power movement, you know. But then I realized, I'm like, you know what, that's not even the way. Because we can't use the same the same tactics uh, as our enemy. We have mm-hmm. to use what works for us. And that's our mm-hmm. spiritual technology. That's something mm-hmm. that they can't take from us, no matter what. They done beat us. They done enslaved us. And somehow, some way, we still got the spirits with us. We still got our ancestors with us, okay? So they can't take that from us. So what they'll do is they'll try, they're will try. they trying to erase our memory. They're trying to, de- to demonize it. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So, That's so true. So, exactly. So I'm like, everybody, you know, is worried about, we got to get firearms. We got to fight back. We got to fight the, the mm-hmm. USA. We got to fight them. We got to destroy. Listen, if you want to fight them, use your spiritual knowledge to fight them. Yes. You feel me? Because if yes. it really came down to it and the ancestors and spirits uh, between, like, a war between our spirits and theirs, like, come on now. Yeah. Ours would win. They're older. They've been here. They will, this is in our bloodline. You yes. get me? Yes. So they just, just call on them. But remember, mm-hmm. the spirits, they can't help you unless you ask for help. And yeah. if we don't even know how to call on them, then they can't come down. Oh, yeah, it's, and there's there's power in that. It's a beautiful power, and that's, like, something that um, over the last couple of years I've been working with my ancestors. I have my altar set up, and just like you, I have family around me that are, you know, they're very Christian-based, and I respect their beliefs, and it's not that I don't believe in it, a God or a universal power. It's just I believe differently, um, but there's power and strength and like it's comforting knowing that they're around you they got your back like there I've been in accidents I've been in these these you know situations where I should have gotten really hurt and like I thank my angels I thank my spirit guides I thank my ancestors because they're the ones that are there making sure I'm okay you know so it's just there's power in them that's why they fear it that's why they want to snuff it out essentially that's you know there's a lot of power and strength in that and they want, like you said, they want people to forget that. And when we can come together and realize the beauty and the strength that is within our our bloodlines, within our lineage, we can create such a beautiful evolution. I don't want just a revolution. I want to see evolution in our world because we need that today. So with your videos, I personally, I, I get drawn into the videos that relate to like kind of like what we're talking about right now and the elites and what other people might consider conspiracy theories, but you really offer some really, really good insights to the things that are going on in the world right now and the things that often we don't want to open our eyes to, right? People are can be, like, willfully blind on purpose. Let's go get lost in Netflix. Let's go get lost in um, television all day. And I'm, I'm a, I'm, I don't watch the news so much because I don't have regular TV. I cancel cable a few years ago, and it was like, I feel like it's the best thing I did um, for my mental health because the news gets me, And I, but that's the problem. I still go online and I read and keep up to date what's going on around the world and here. But like you said, there's a lot of propaganda in those things. And I, I totally, I, I 100% agree with that. But I feel like you open our eyes to things that we don't necessarily see or that we don't want to see. Um, what inspires those videos, and do you ever worry about what you're putting out there? I feel like this. I know that I'm protected, and I know that my ancestors and the spirits want me to do this, and I feel like they wouldn't put me on this platform and put me in this situation if any harm was to come to me. You get me? Like, I feel like... The people need to know the truth, you feel me? Like, the the whole world is under a spell. We already know magic is real. Spells are real. Imagine the whole world being under this spell and there being few people who are either immune to it or have found a code to break this spell. Mm -hmm. Now, your elite, your government, the quote-unquote, these powers that be, 
right, that are in mm-hmm. control, they want to keep you under the spell. So how they keep you under the spell is they employ things in your food. And magic, we learn, and root work, and even folk magic, and especially in the Hispanic community, too, and the black community, we know what your parents tell you, don't eat food from everybody, right? Don't go mm-hmm. to don't drink everything. <laughs> yes. I don't know what people will do. So why are we just eating food from anywhere? We go into any restaurants. We eat all types of preservatives and chemicals. We drink in tap water, not knowing where the hell is water coming from. Our government is supplying it, but we drinking it. And not. And then we know that magic can be employed in our food and water. So why don't we think that our government is doing that to us to keep us under some spell? Okay, they're poisoning the food and the water. They're putting it in the air the chemtrails and stuff like that. All of this stuff is to keep us in this daze, this Disney world, where it's like we're in this fantasy land and we don't even want to leave it. So once you wake somebody up and you say, listen, bruh, you've been sleeping, people don't want to hear that. That's like mm-hmm. if you dream and you're having a good-ass dream, you just won the lottery in your dream and your your sibling come or somebody coming and just hit you real hard and wake you up. You'd be pissed off. You'd be like, man, I was having a good dream. Why you wake me up for You feel <laughs> me? Yeah. And, because you realized that was a dream. Like, why are you mad? It wasn't real anyway. So you'd rather stay in some fake reality because this makes you feel good rather than wake up to the truth and start walking into your power to make a difference here. You feel me? A lot of us came here to make a difference, but each one teach one. We got to wake each other up. And that's what I come here to do. I come here to wake up people and say, listen, you're a light worker. You're supposed to be a healer. You're supposed to be doing this. You feel me? Like, they're supposed to be teachers out here. We are the ancestors. We just sleeping. We just sleeping giants. I'm not worried about no government coming, you know, and, and attacking me or coming knocking on my door. I mean, if it happens, it happens. But at least I know I died for a good cause. Something happened for a good cause. You feel me? A lot of people in history, you know, um, that exposed the industry and and the government, yeah, they got taken out, but, I mean, would you rather live on your knees or at least die standing? You got to stand for something, Mm -hmm. right? So that's just how I feel. This is not going to be my last go-round, you know, I mean, unless I choose to come back. But, you know, life is, this is just uh, life. This physical incarnation is just like a blink, a flash, compared to, like, how old our souls are, our spirits. And you see it, too, like, with that that waking up, that transition. I feel like, personally, I went through that the last few years, and I felt like I was going crazy. I'm like, why am I depressed? What is wrong with me? Like, what's going on? You know, and as I have transitioned out of, you know, old jobs that didn't make me happy and doing things that weren't conducive to my goals to want to, you know, make a more positive impact on this world and, you know, what I'm doing as a mother and how I want to show my daughters how to lead and how to be. It's it's taking that transition. It could be scary. It's like it's yeah. jolting, you know, when you're waking up and, and, it, and at first you think you're going crazy, but I feel like you get this clarity and I think my injury this last, you know, three months, that's, like, part of my clarity where I'm like, okay, this is what I got to do. I get it. I had – the ancestors were pretty much telling me, sit the fuck down, Jenny, and think about things now. Like, you don't ever do that. Now we're forcing you to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's scary to, to do that. But I think that so many people, like you mentioned, who are healers and light workers, and it's so funny how, like, when you open up, those things get drawn to you. Like, I have a, a good friend who is – 
who does acupuncture and Reiki work. And she's just, every time I see her, I'm like, Erin, you're an alien. I love it. Like the energy that you give off is just so, it's like you can feel the people that you're drawing around you who are, who are building up your community. So I'm, I'm, I'm all about that. And I get it. Like the waking up though can be a really scary, scary thing to do. Um, and actually this kind of transitions really well into the, into this next question. Um, like in some of your, in your videos in the past, you've often talked about like your whole experience with like the nine to five world and your journey into what like I would consider kind of this creative spiritual entrepreneurship. Um, can you offer some insights to this whole experience, the good, the bad, the ugly, maybe just to share the reality of how, how it worked for you. Cause I feel like a lot of people don't ever like, they feel like, Oh, I'm not fitting into this mold of what society wants me to fit into. Is there something wrong with me? And I think the reality is that there isn't, we're not all made to be, you know, what Erin calls regular people like, or she says like people like us, she's like, we're, we're like aliens. Mm. And then, um, the regular people, what does she call them? She's just humanoids. She calls them like humanoids. And she's like, not everyone is cut out to be that and not everyone is like an alien. Like, how did your whole experience kind of go down? Okay. Well, I felt that same exact way. I've always felt like I don't belong. Like, since I was a kid, like, I've always felt like, you know, misplaced, like the misfit, the one who always stood out from everyone else. Like, I didn't, I feel like I didn't fit in with my family, you know, like, um, I didn't get along with, like, my female cousins, because whatever they was into, like, I really wasn't into. I was a bit of a, a tomboy, and back then, like, that was kind of, like, shunned upon. Like, you're not supposed to play with the boys. You're not supposed to wear this. You got to wear a dress. You got to play with dolls. You got to wear pink, you know, but I wasn't into all of that. So even since then, you know, I knew that, like, I'm different from other girls. I'm different from other kids. I'm interested in different things. And um, moving along, like, as I got older, I started realizing, like, when I was in school trying to find a major in college, I switched my major, like, several times. Like, one minute, you know, I was majoring in theater. Um, then I went to something else, and I was jumping here and jumping there. And then I, I spoke to a guidance counselor when I was in um, college, and she basically kept it real with me. This was like the realest guidance counselor, like uh, advisement counselor I've ever had. She was like, listen, let me tell you something, honey. She said, it doesn't matter what you major in. She says, all that really matters when you graduate is that you got your degree. She says, because when you go, she said, unless you're trying to be like a doctor or a lawyer or something like that, she said, but if you're not, she says, then look, pick any major, and she says, and then go forth in life and figure out what you want to do. So when she told me that, I'm like, you know what, well, if that's the case, I'm going to try to just choose the, the best major or the easiest major so I can get the hell up out of college. You feel me? So that's what I ended up doing. So I ended up majoring in communications and minoring in theater. Now, um, I've always loved acting. I've always loved the stage and things like that. Um, but what I realized was college, school does not prepare you for life, okay? This is what I've learned later on down the line. In high school, I actually was going to drop out at one point in my junior year in high school because that's when my mind started realizing that this whole system is a fraud, like, all of the stuff that they teach us in school, we're never going to use it again. I still don't know. I still, till this day, I have not figured out when I would need to use calculus, girl. I have not used it. 
So I'm like, you know what? They scammed us. They robbed us. They took my time. They've been taking our time since most of us, what, we started school when we was like five to six years old. From then all the way to adulthood, they stole our time from us. And I was so pissed off. And I'm like, you know, I want to leave this. You get me? I was about to drop out. But then, you know, I realized, I'm like, you know what, I made it all this way. Let me just get my degree. Let me get this piece of paper here. You feel me? Because this is how society is going to validate whether I'm able to get a job or not. So let me just get this piece of paper, right? I started looking at life differently since then, since high school, going into college. I'm like, you know what, let me just get this, let me get my bachelor's degree so I can move on in life. Because my family, I more so did it for my family than for myself. But now I know, as in, like, older now, I know that in life, don't do anything for anybody else but you. Yep. You feel me? Unless you're mm-hmm. just going to disappoint yourself. So fast forward, because I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people that's probably listening who's going through the same thing. Like, you know, you don't know where you fit in. You can't figure out what major, what you want to study in school. You don't know what your purpose is. I've had every type of job you could think of. I was a server. Like, I mean, I was a waitress. I was a, um, a babysitter. I, I was a tutor, a teacher. I was into um, hospitality. What else I did? I was in, um, I was working in the office. I was working in doctor's office, the medical field. I was in everything you could think of, man. Every single job you could think of, I did it. I was trying to figure out, where do I fit? So I was kind of, like, hopping from one job to another job, and it wasn't hard for me to, like, find another one, thank God. Like, I never knew. I always thought it was luck. But then I realized that was my spirit the whole entire freaking time. Because in New York, right, it's hard finding a job. But I was able to just quit one job and go to the next because I was very rebellious. I didn't like nobody telling me what to do. You know how you see some people, they let their, their managers yell at them and talk to them any way they want to? That was not me. I remember one manager tried it with me, and, girl, when I tell you I cursed her out so bad in front of everybody and walked out, I had no problem doing that. Now, I'm not advising anybody to curse their boss out just because you feel like it, you feel me? <laughs> that was just me and my temper. I used to have a really hot temper um, young when I was growing up, but I've learned how to constrain that, to control that. But anyway, um, moving on along, I realized that after doing every different type of job that I didn't fit in none of this stuff. You feel me? Like, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't sit down and do the 9 to 5 because it was just redundant. It was the same thing over and over and over. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, was I born just to do this? I'm like, to go to school most of my life, to clock in and clock out, get a check that barely helps me to live just to survive because job just means just over broke. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? I don't want to live like this. There has to be another way. So then I'm like, you know what, I'm going to have a side hustle. So then I started thinking, hmm, what do I like to do? I love candles. All right, let me start making candles. That's how I got started. I didn't just jump into doing readers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I jumped into making candles and, and baths and body parts and stuff like that. My candle business was Evanescence. Now, I don't sell the candles like that anymore because I'm more so focused on what I do now. But... Then that's how I got. I came up in the community. I started vending. I started, you know, going to little pop-up shops, little craft shows, craft events. People started getting to know me. People started seeing me. My brand got more popular. Then as I expanded, I'm like, you know what? Um, I wanted to. I started to put my um my tarot cards on my table, my vending table, 
And then next thing you know, people got drawn in by that. It's like, what is this? What's that? So I started doing, like, little free readings. Like, first it was, like, complimentary readings if you get, like, a candle or something like that. Mm-hmm. Then I started charging, like, the little $5 readings or whatever really quick. Then when I started realizing, like, yo, you know, I'm really getting good at this, and people were like, wow, how you know that? I had, I, figured, I realized, like, wow, wait a minute, I might actually have something here. You feel me? Sometimes you don't know how good you are until you start to hear it over and over and over again. We may think, like, okay, well, we we all right. You know, we some of us are really humble, like, eh, I'm okay. But then I realized, like, you know what, I think I'm pretty good. So then I started to do the readings and transition into that. I transitioned from the 9 to 5 world because it didn't work for me. 9 to 5 may work for some people, but if you feel like you don't fit in certain places and you tried every job, maybe it means that you're here to create something new because the old outdated system is getting played out now. A lot of people, especially the millennials, like we are breaking that old system. It doesn't work for us. Our spirit mm-hmm. don't, it doesn't resonate with that old frequency. So we come to be like, you know what, this is the age of the Internet. So, man, it's so easy to start to make money nowadays. You could sell your stuff online. You can create stuff and, and sell it on Etsy or, you know, make your own website for free. People nowadays, like YouTube even pays you for, like, doing, uh, making channels, making shows, making videos. Like, there's tons of ways to freaking make money out here. And it's, they're, they're setting up the platform for entrepreneurship. Oh, yeah. You need to oh, get yeah. out there. Like, people need to really look at what they're good at. There's money to be made. Like, and it's not all about money. It's really about what brings you happiness. I love mm-hmm. what I do. I love the fact that I can teach people and I can help them, guide them in life. You feel me? This is what I love doing. I've been doing this since I was a kid, like listening to people's problems, giving them advice. The only difference now is I'm getting paid for my time. Yep. So I'm getting paid for yep. something natural to me. So that's why you have to, whoever's tuning in, you have to, like, really do what's natural to you. Let's say you're good with kids. You love children, okay? Maybe you need to start, like, a daycare center or, like, some type of a tutoring center where you help children out. You feel me? If you're good at cooking, you're a really good cook. Everybody loves your food. You need to start selling plates. Like, I know a friend, she sell, She started selling plates out of her house. Like, her food was that good. People would come to her house, you know, um, card games or whatever, sell plates. And, you know, next thing you know, now she's working on, like, getting her own restaurant business and stuff, set it up, set it up. So it starts like that. you got to start from the bottom and work your way up. you got to be consistent. you got to believe in yourself overall. A lot of people yeah. are going to tell you, you know how many times my family came at me, and, you know, no shade to my family and my friends, but your family, listen, they are going to make you afraid to take the leap. They're going to be like, no, you shouldn't quit your job. You should stay there. You got a nice city job. I had a good-paying city job. And a city job, but if you got a city job in New York, you want to hold on to that for their life. Everybody, like, will spill blood for that. I had it. I gave it up willingly because I was miserable, okay, miserable. There was women in there who have been working at that city job for, like, 10-plus years, and they looked bitter. And I'm like, oh, hell no, that ain't about to be me. <laughs> I left, and I never came back. No no two weeks notice, no nothing. I just up and at them. Now, that works for me. I'm not telling anybody else to just get up and leave your job. But I had a plan B in mind. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to focus on my business. Screw this. You feel yeah. me? I made up my mind. You have to make up your mind. 
Once your mind is made up, stick with it. If your family tell you, don't quit your job, oh, stay here, go to this school, oh, go that, don't always listen to your family. Listen to your heart. Because if I would have listened to my family my friends, I would still be working at that 9 to 5. I would still be miserable clocking in, clocking out. You feel me? And I wouldn't be doing YouTube videos. I wouldn't be doing what I do now, and I would not be on this show talking to you today. (laughs) Yes, your intuition, too. You listen to it. You adjusted, and I feel like a lot of people, they get it in their head that, like, work isn't supposed to make you happy, or if it does, or you're doing something that brings you joy, that you're doing something wrong. And I don't think that's how it should work. Like, if it brings you joy... Pursue it and follow it, and the money will find its way to you. Mm. But your your happiness is important, and it's some that's something it took me a little a, a while to figure out too. Like I was a professor in the college system for a while, and I'm I've I've transitioned out of that, and I'm working for a nonprofit. So, but I'm still doing my side hustles because those are the things that are that bring me joy, and that I can you know, create and, and add some beauty to the world. But then through the nonprofit, I get to do some good in my community. But it's so true. Like people, I don't know why, it's just like the system has us, has our minds rigged to think that, no, our jobs have to make us miserable. And you're so right that millennials are, we're not in tune with that frequency anymore. I love it. I, I was a professor and I was teaching in college, and it was interesting to see, like, the younger generations and who are coming after millennials and then, it's just, it always blows my mind when I hear people, like, rag on millennials, like, oh, they're lazy or they're entitled or this and that. And I'm like, y'all, I have, like, three jobs. <laughs> what do you mean I'm lazy? <laughs> like, everyone yeah. that I know who's my age is got a regular job sometimes, a, a side hustle or, like, three side hustles plus Uber because that's, like, that's how we have to live right now because mm-hmm. we, the corporations don't, that whole trickle-down theory is not working, and they're not spreading the wealth, and they're not, you know, and, and people are being, they're becoming aware of that, and they're saying, no, I don't want that. And, yes, we, we should be paid a living wage, and, yes, I should get some sort of balance to pursue life outside of these four walls. Um, and I love that. I love that you're highlighting how, like, we're, again, we're, helping to create this evolution of change. And that's a fact. That's what we're here for. We're here to shift the paradigm. That's why, you know, the older generation, they're not going to agree with us. You know you know how, like, you know, when you get older or whatever, and you be like, oh, this new generation listening to this ratchet-ass music, <laughs> right? Our parents would say that about us. It's just that the frequency doesn't change. Just like, yeah. you know, the old paradigm, the older generation is like, oh, back in my day, you know, we didn't have all this Internet stuff. We didn't have Google. We had to go to the library. Okay, that was your day. This is our yeah. day. This is a new day. See, and this is why the older generation, they need us to teach them how to use the Internet. A lot mm-hmm. of them don't even know how to use cell phones, how to take pictures, how to, you understand, how to go on Google, how to research. Yeah. So, they don't, but this this is the thing. They don't want to learn because they're like, oh, I'm not into all this new stuff. Let mm-hmm. me tell you something. You want to stay in the loop of things. No matter what yeah. happens, you may not agree with, you understand, oh, this new technology, da, 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 for the older people that may be tuning in too and you're not that tech savvy. Because I'm not, you know, crazy tech savvy myself. But yeah. I try to stay on board with what what are the younger generation listening to? What are they into right now? You want to stay tuned into that frequency. That way you don't get left behind. 
Because it's easy to get left behind and lost in the sauce, meaning you don't know what the hell going on. Try to stay in the frequency of the wave of the universe right now, because the younger generation, they're on that frequency. They're on that wave. The millennials are on the wave making a change and a transformation. The age of Aquarius. Aquarius is ruled by the planet, um, is ruled by the, what, the planet um, Uranus. Uranus is known for being unique, being the rebel, being ch- challenging old ways of thinking, old forms of, you know, old paradigms. That's what this whole age is about. So if you're still doing old, outdated things from, like, you know, decades ago, then it means that you need to upgrade. What was your experience like coming into your spirituality? A lot of people, you know, they we can get so scared or we we tend to be unsure of ourselves sometimes, especially people who, like, might be considered sensitive, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it is that extra sensory perception or, like, someone like me who has dreams and, like, my stomach is my intuition, my gut tells me when something feels off, but that can freak you out, right? Um, when did you realize that you're meant for this different path and when did you finally just pursue it unabashedly, like, I'm out, and here's what I am, and here's what I'm doing, and this is how it is. Love me, hate me, but this is what I'm doing. Oh, well, it kind of was one of those hard life lessons, kind of how, like you said, you learned when the ancestors made you sit down and rethink everything, like they forced you to. (laughs) Well, the spirit kind of forced me as well into this, like, because, um, I mean, since I was young, I, I knew I always had the gift, but I didn't understand it. You get me? Like, nobody could explain to me why was I seeing things nobody else could see. Why every time I had a dream, that dream would come true. Why did I keep having deja vu, you know? It was just so much stuff I was going through, nobody could answer for me. So, you know, as we get older, we just brush those things off. We'd be like, you know what, I was a kid, I probably was imagining things, you know, moving forward with life. So I buried it behind, and I forgot about it, and then the spirits came right back again with the um, transition of my grandmother. That's when it reawoken again. And I always tell people, a lot of people who wake up, quote-unquote, to their gifts or their purpose is due to some type of a traumatic event, either like a, a, near, a near-death experience. Um, some people actually die and come back. Like, you ever had those out-of-body experience? People tell you, oh, my God, like, I mm-hmm. died and they hit me and I came back and my life has oh, yeah. changed now. Um, some people, they go through like some traumatic breakup or somebody passed away. It's always some big event that happens in your life that stirs you up. It shakes you up inside and it makes you look at life differently, like an epiphany. So um, so then after that situation, when did I know? That's a really tricky What did I know? Basically, when I was doing a candle business, my business, my candle business started slowing down because something in my life was happening. I was having some personal situations going on. And any entrepreneurs know, like, when you're trying to do your own, you're trying to, when you have your own business, it's kind of difficult to keep the business up and also deal with your personal problems, especially when it's a lot. So I was, like, in this place where I was, like, going through a lot personally, but I'm still trying to keep a smile on my face when I go out when I'm vending but it was becoming over too much for me, you feel me? So then the spirits kind of 
slowed down my business. Like the money wasn't coming in as it was usually. Usually the money was just coming quick, easy. But it was slow, especially like in the wintertime. I don't know what it is about winter, but that's when like after that period, after Christmas, that's when it's dead slow. So money wasn't coming in. I still had to pay rent. I still had to pay bills. You feel me? So I was in a crunch where it was like, damn, bro, like, I only had, like, almost, like, 80 some dollars to my name. And I'm like, yo, how am I going to do this? You mm-hmm. feel me? Like, I was literally, like, in a, a place of, like, need. So that's when I had to quiet my mind and really sit and think of creative ways. Like, how can I get myself out of this bind? So, one, lo and behold, when my candle business started slowing up, I noticed that, People was calling me saying, hey, listen, I heard from so-and-so-and-so that you do readings. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I do. At this time, I wasn't telling people I did readings. It was only word of mouth. You only got readings from me if somebody got one from me and they told you about it. I was very secretive mm-hmm. about it. So anyway, more people started calling me saying, hey, listen, I need to read it. The candle business was slowing down, but my, reading, my readings were increasing. So I'm like, hold the hell on. I noticed a pattern. I said, wait a minute, Spirit, are you trying to tell me something? Are you trying to tell me that this phase of doing my candle business was only to lead me up to this point? We got to recognize when life happens in cycles, sometimes we have to know when to close the door to the old cycle. That candle business was just helping to open the way towards where I am today. I wasn't supposed to just stay stuck there. Life is about growing. So I grew from just selling the candles to, like, doing my readings. Now I'm doing the readings, and I'm making the spiritual washes, and, you know, and now I'm doing the videos, and, and, and I'm about to start doing classes. So it's always like an evolving process. So that's how I knew that this was my calling when I realized what the spirits were doing. They had this planned out the whole entire time. But every time that I, I, I went away from doing readings and I went back to the candles and I stopped my readings again, they would block me. It would say, no, this is not what you're supposed to be doing. No money's going to come in for you. Do what we told you to do. And then when I did that, they kept coming in. I'm like, you know what? All right, fine. You know, I kind of was rebellious. I didn't want to, but they kind of put me in there, threw me in there. Yep. Yep. You had to listen. That's the big part is always being able to listen and to quiet your mind and quiet the ego and be like, okay, what are you trying to tell me? Do you want to give me some of your thoughts on maybe some misconceptions that people have about magic, brujeria, spiritual paths? And do you think that this whole, like, sudden surge in popularity of everything has had any negative ramifications at all? Oh, yeah, honey. I mean, I like to be positive. You know, mm-hmm. but I also know that there's duality in life. There's a positive, mm-hmm. there's a negative. Now, the good thing, though, let's focus on the good thing first. The good thing is that, you know, spirituality is becoming more popular because, you know, the world is waking up. And more people are tapping into, you know, their true purpose and um, understanding the the subtle world, the metaphysical world, learning that, wait a minute, there's more to life than just, you know, working my ass off, going to school. Like, there's a purpose to all of this. Like, I have a purpose? You know, so when people realize, like, wait a minute, I I need to be doing something, they start to reach out and they want to go on YouTube and, you know, they want to find information. But then there comes the negative part. Mm -hmm. There's tons of information out there and sometimes Mm -hmm. a lot of misinformation. You know, Mm -hmm. a person reads one book and they say, hey, I'm a guru. I know everything. Listen, (laughs) tune into my channel 
and I will give you the keys to life. They read one book, now they, they are Babala, they are Ifa Priest, they are Mambo, they are Hugan. No, it don't work that way, okay? Mm-hmm. You can't just pick up a book and know everything. I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. If somebody tell you, oh, you know, uh, I know everything, no, that's not true. They, nobody could tell, teach you everything all in one session. That's impossible. Mm-hmm. Okay? Like, the only thing I would say is that the media is capitalizing off of this, this woke. Everybody's woke now. And some people, they just want to be included. I forgot what it's called, but um, it's, uh, it's actually a theory or it's a, it's a term for this where people like to be included. It's called inclusion something, but it's like where, it's like group things where, mm-hmm. you know, if everybody's doing this challenge, right, I got to do the challenge too. Mm-hmm. I got to make a video too. I, I want to be a part. I want to be, you know, I want to be relevant. I want to be in the trend. Don't leave me out. So it's like that mind state where everybody wants to be included. Oh, everybody's waking up. I'm woke too. Hashtag woke. Hotel peace. You know, I'm conscious. Mm-hmm. So they wearing all these crystals and they don't even know what it means. And I'm like, oh, God. I just feel like at the end of the day, the people who are not real, are going to get exposed. And I've been saying this in my video. I had a prophecy video. I don't know if you've seen it, like, um, last year with Jehudi. Because I also, Mm -hmm. I channel spirits. Um, Spirits come to me, and they tell me, listen, write this down. This is what I want you to say. And so I just reiterate whatever spirit tell me. Jehudi is a really ancient, ancient spirit, back to, like, Atlantean days. That's before Egypt. And um, Jehudi is the one who brought knowledge and information to the people. And so he was basically telling me what's going to happen this year and in the upcoming years. He was like, a lot of Ooh, people waking up. I got, I got goosebumps. <laughs> okay, a lot of people, girl, going to be waking Ooh. up. But he was like, there's going to be a lot of charlatans, a lot of scammers. He's like, but this is the thing. They're going to get exposed. They're going to be so exposed. He's like, they're putting it out there. Now, if you have been, if you if you had like an open eye in the community, you've been noticing like a lot of these charlatans, well-known uh-huh. people, been called out. Okay, I'm talking about like people that's mainstream and even like you know the the just the YouTubers. Like people mm-hmm. been exposed left and right, girl. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, damn, Jehudi called it. Jacuti called it. That's why I didn't even say no names because people always want me to say, oh, say names, say names. I'm like, I don't need to because you're going to see for yourself. You get me? It's so true, too. It's like and you, you don't see it just within the New Age kind of spiritual world either. You see it in, in modern-day religion. You see what's really going on, and then you hear about who they're funding in terms of politics and how, mm-hmm. you know, they control the world. It's crazy. But, yeah, I, whew, you gave me goosebumps. <laughs> Yeah, girl, everybody's seeing now, like, you know, the chain. It's like, okay, well, who's been funding this and who's been funding that? And when people realize, like, oh, yeah, it's your churches, and they're funding the KKK, and they're funding all these genocide groups, and it just makes you open your eyes, like, hold on, mm-hmm. wait a minute, you know? Yeah. Oh, man, mm-hmm. a lot of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. You mentioned your classes, so I, I saw that you launched those Level Up 
challenge videos. Can you tell me more about that? And uh, yeah, so um, so the challenges is pretty much like to get people revved up for the classes that's coming. Cause um, the level up challenge was basically done like a few weeks ago, and the level up challenge was like a seven day challenge where you had to develop your willpower and having a focused will and a strong unbreakable will is very important in the magical practice. See, a lot of people won't tell you that. They'll just tell you, oh, yeah, you could just pick up a candle and pick up some incense and voila, you get a spell. No, it don't work that way. You have to have strong willpower because, let's say, for instance, when you step into the spiritual world, you open up a doorway. Like there's like a, a wave that goes out into the spiritual world letting everybody know that you're here. You get me? You open up yourself to the spiritual realm. Now, this also means that you open yourself up to psychic attack, especially if you're putting yourself out there. There's going to be people that want to hurt you. So let's say, for instance, you are doing your thing. You're spiritual. you got your spiritual business going. you popping. You know, everybody like you. Then you got a competitor that's like, oh, I don't like that. Well, she thinks she's better than me. Okay, I'm going to send some her way. This is where willpower comes in. If you're with, let's say you and another bruja is fighting, and this happens, okay, this is why I'm going to do these classes, teach you how to protect yourself because it's going to happen. If this bruja attacks you out of jealousy or envy to hurt your business, to hurt your abilities, to hurt your pockets, if your willpower is strong, you can fight off whatever psychic throw that she sends your way, whatever hex, whatever curse she throws your way. But if, let's say, for instance, your willpower is weak, you're easy to suggestion. She can manipulate you. She can do whatever she wants you. She can whoop your ass in the spiritual realm because you haven't cultivated your spiritual or your willpower. Your spiritual gifts, your willpower. So doing a level up challenge, people was like, oh, yeah, this is cool. This is fun. Not realizing that the ultimate goal was to help you develop how to stick to what you say. We live in a society where we're full of distractions. You feel me? We'll be like, okay, I'm not going to eat the chocolate cake. But then you walk down the block, you go on to work, you go on to school, and you always see advertisements. Oh, eat this chocolate cake. Eat this chocolate cake. You see it everywhere. You get me? So you're tempted. The temptation is great. But when you have strong willpower, you're not easy to suggestion. You stick to what you say. You develop an inner power. Your willpower is in your gut. That's your solar plexus right there. That's why when you said earlier, love, and you was like, my intuition is in my stomach, I can feel it. Mm-hmm. That's your spirit in your stomach. There's something mm-hmm. in our belly that is our magical power. Our magical power is in our stomach. It's in different parts of our body. But the stomach is very important. That's why a lot of the times if somebody sends you something bad, your stomach will swell up. Because mm-hmm. that's a sign that something is not right. Somebody sending something to your to your inner power. That's one of the signs. There's, there's several signs, but that's one of them. And when you develop that core, your solar plexus, your intuition will be stronger. You will know. Listen, something's telling me not to go down this block. You get me? Like you, your willpower. You developed it so much where it's like now you trust your intuition. But a person who doesn't have willpower and they could they just do whatever they want without any type of self control. Those be those be the ones that's easy to curse, that's easy to to do things to, to control, to manipulate with magic. Not even just with magic, but with the media. The media mm-hmm. is one of the most powerful magicians out there because they always send in, you know mind control, subtle tactics to us. Um, oh, I, I like seriously though, like I said, like you you drop these gems and it's so important to look at 
it's in your and you know you're mentioning it mentioning it from a spiritual perspective but even just in a life perspective that willpower that ability to disseminate information and and protect yourself not just spiritually spiritually but mentally too um that all plays into to everything and to your overall health right because like mm-hmm. we can get all caught up in like what you know drama going on at work or with family or you know in the world around us and then all of a sudden we got a headache and then all of a sudden we get a cold and all of a sudden our immune system is down and it's like as much as people they like to poke fun at this idea of spirituality and you know the whole woo woo stuff but the reality is that energy is a real thing and it courses through us whether if you look at it from like a traditional Chinese medicine kind of perspective with the the chi and stuff like that, it's just different words for the same concept just all over the world, and it's a real thing. So it's just like that energy, being able to protect your energy and harness it and utilize it, it's so true. And that's one thing that I noticed too because I feel like society gets into this kind of like – this thing of, oh, I want everybody else to fix my problems, so I'm going to go buy candles from this root worker. I'm going to buy candles from this person and because I bought this candle and it's her magic, then that, that's going to fix my problems. And Well, and I think, I think that's great. Like That's your creative, spiritual entrepreneurship. That's wonderful. That works for some people. For me, personally, like I create my candles for myself. I work my own candles and I work my candles for my family. And I don't, that's it's even more so connected to what we're doing, you know, whether I'm putting together something just to honor my ancestors or just to, you know, create general protection. I feel like there's more power in that, but I I totally get what you're saying in terms of spirit from that feeling in our solar plexus and, and even like our third eye too, because I'll notice that when I'm creating my candles and I'm working them and prepping them, that it's like I get that feeling in the pit of my stomach and it's pulling me down, but then I also get lightheaded because I have that energy from the top pulling me up. So I totally see that, and it's it's so true, like being able to harness that and then put that into whatever kind of work you're creating and, and pulling from the universal power and asking, you know, asking the universal power to watch over as you're doing that work. It's so true because you can feel it. It's like you may not be able to see it, but you can feel it feel it like even when you say things sometimes like um whether it's our conversation now or sometimes when i'm watching your youtube videos like i'll get goosebumps and i'm like oh she's oh my god i feel that uh-huh <laughs> you could feel that exchange of energy and that's what helps create it mm-hmm. i see so i want to hear your thoughts on the divine feminine like i remember you had a video a few months ago where you kind of talked about this and the power behind it, um, and why society has this tendency to kind of want to shun it, right? Um, why do you think society has pushed it out of sight in, in, in the systems that make up our social, you know, our social hierarchy? And do you see a rise in the strength again within women who are fighting for change? Oh, yeah, most definitely. I mean, the feminine, the, the great feminine is here, and it's been here, but it's just that it's been so suppressed for so long that a lot of the women have, you know, forgotten, like I said, our, our natural birthright, like tapping into our ability to heal, to help our communities, to be the nurturers and things like that. 
And a lot of more women are stepping into their power now, and they're not allowing, like, this patriarchy to suppress them anymore. And, you know, I think, what what movie was that I was watching? Um, The Last Witch Hunter. Somebody actually told me to watch that, and I did. Mm. And that talks a lot about, there's a lot of subliminal messages in that movie um, about witches and, you know, pretty much painting women as being evil, like witches were evil and stuff like that. Um, and... You know how there was a the main character was trying to to stamp out you know all the witches all the the feminine arts and that's actually what happened in history, but it's coming back. So it's like whether they like it or not, they can't. You can't really. I don't care how much money or power you have, you don't have the authority to block something that's just meant to be. And I've always said that, like, no man can curse who God has blessed. Like, you feel me? Like, just like, you know, even though these elite been in control and power for a long time, they're losing control. They want to keep you in the illusion that, oh, yeah, we're we're still in control. We got this. No, they are losing control. And a lot of the things is backfiring on them because they can't control everything that's going on. So a lot of women, like I said, there's always going to be, you know, the powers that's trying to suppress us as women, but I'm not even really worried about it anymore because, like, it's just going to happen. It's just meant to. Mm. You know what I mean? Yep, yep, so true. Uh, What are your thoughts on Latinas, black women, other minorities who are claiming their own within, you know, their spiritual rights, despite all the oppressive, like, upbringings that we face or the history that's behind us? Um when it comes to this whole religious, colonialist aspects that we have been kind of indoctrinated with, whether it be, you know, the indigenous women here, women from the islands, you know, black women here, modern-day people. What are your thoughts on how women are really working to claim their own? And what would you say to women who who haven't yet opened up to this to this idea? Um, I would say that everybody's calling is different. Not everybody's going to be called to step into the spiritual journey, and that's okay. You get me? Like, I wouldn't force, I wouldn't tell a person to force something that's not natural. If you're mm-hmm. naturally inclined to be in the spiritual world, then the ancestors and the spirits will guide you. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you keep running away, then they're going to force you in. You get me? That's just kind of how it goes. You can't really run from your destiny and your purpose. So I would just tell women, you know, that are afraid to step into their power and not really sure where they should go, you know, that's even going through, like, a transition. Like, really just spend time with yourself. Really do some meditation. Really reflect on, like, you know, what are your natural gifts? What do you enjoy doing? What brings you peace? Like, why am I here? These are, like, certain questions we need to ask ourselves. Like, what what am I doing here? You know, what is my purpose? What are my natural gifts? And how can I use this to not only better myself and my family, but the world, the, the community? You know, how can I utilize these things to improve myself and improve life overall? And, you know, and I would just say knowledge is power. A lot of the times we don't do better because we don't know better. You got to keep reading, keep researching. And like I said, tune in. I, I have tons of free information on my YouTube channel that I'm giving out, you know, to the people, to the public, to help you to awaken to your path. And if you ever feel like you want one-on-one personal, you know, consult a consultation, then I do that as well. I do that as well. So, yeah. Mm, yeah. Yes, 
what kind of advice do you then have for people who are looking to actually start their own like spiritual practice or who are wanting to dive into working with their ancestors and start working their own personal magic? How can they go about, you know, getting started or, or learning? You know, obviously I think your YouTube channel is a great place to start, but what else do you think? I think that um, research, you know, reading books and listening to podcasts like this and, you know, like tuning in to the frequency surrounding yourself with like-minded individuals that's into what you're into. Don't just, you know, don't just listen to what everybody say. Always do your own research and figure out if this what they're saying is true or not. You get me? Don't take everything as face value. And also the best thing I can honestly say is just to do it, you know? Like do your research before you just jump into doing anything, like the basics. Don't skip steps and, you know, don't think you're a master magician just because you read one book or you did one successful spell. But I would say take baby steps in this. You understand? This doesn't happen overnight. You don't just go into a botanica and buy a whole bunch of statues and then automatically you expect these gods and deities to come and serve you. It doesn't work that way. you got to create a relationship with your higher self, your higher power. You could call it God, your creator, whatever. But, you know, you got to create a relationship there. Then you create a relationship with um, your ancestors. And then, you know, it's like a step-by-step process. You may not get any any answers from the ancestors off the bat. Some people do, some people don't, but everybody's different. You get me? You just have to take baby steps in this. Sometimes they say it could take up to like six months for the ancestors to actually come through because you got to realize they haven't been called upon or venerated in so many years. They're asleep, so you got to activate them. And a, a really good way to speed that process up is through ancestor money, through the burden of ancestor money. And I have that, too, on my site for people that's like, what the hell is ancestor money? I have a video talking about how to do, uh, how to burn the ancestor money, so that way not only are you bringing blessings to your ancestors and you're activating them to come and assist you, but you're also going to open up the way for success in your life because when we help the ancestors, they in turn help us. Mm, yes. Uh, are there any books or resources or what? I would say there's a, there's a website um, called sacredtext.com. Um, they have a lot of good information, free information, free PDFs and stuff like that on, like, you know, alchemy, metaphysics, witchcraft, um, spells, and, you know, astrology and things like that. Very cool. Um, I know you – I remember you mentioned in the past, too, like, the – the Emerald Tablets and... Uh, oh, yeah, Emerald yeah. Tablets, or how could I forget? That's also on that website, um, Sacred Text. And the Emerald Tablets is up there that talks about, like, the um, the universal laws. you got to learn that. Um, that's really important to learn, especially in life, because that could be applied in everything. You know, like the, the law of attraction, um, the law of reciprocity, the, like there's different laws, the law of karma, the law of cause and effect, all of that. Yeah, and it, that's it's based in hermeticism, right? Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, I got actually I have that book. I gotta finish it. Just started it while I while I was resting in bed. I got through quite a few books, and that's the, another one that I have to get through. And it's actually it's not that big. It's I think that'll be a good. It's a nice, quick, but you know, really insightful read. Oh yeah, don't don't underestimate that book, people, because just because it's small, it has a lot of information, and it even says it like you know. A person really won't understand the real meaning of this book until you read it at least a hundred times. 
and that's mm-hmm. what it's so yeah you got a mm-hmm. new one every time you read it i i love how you approach this whole you know the idea of balance the idea of just beautiful spiritual business you're creative with it um but I feel like there's always this controversy surrounding the idea of getting paid for doing magical work for others. Mm-hmm. Um, I see it a lot on the island, um, especially like Espiritistas, they, they tell you like, no, no, like it's okay. Or, you know, you bring a gift or an offering. Um, but I feel like today it's like this idea of reciprocity, right? It's like, I'm giving you something, you're giving me something, we're creating this energy exchange, but I'd love to hear um, or have you share your stance on this? I know you, you've, you've shared this a couple of times in past videos, but I'd love to have you share your thoughts on that um, for this episode. Okay. So I just feel like, you know, the law of reciprocity, you take, you give. You give, you take. You can't just take and not give because now you're creating a void in the universe, and the universe doesn't like voids. So what happens is you'll end up making up for that in some way or another. That's what happens when people steal you may steal something and you may think, well, nobody noticed, nobody saw, you get me? But then you'll lose something to make up for that thing that you stole. You get what I'm saying? In one way or form or another. So that's the same thing like when it comes to spirituality, um, doing spiritual work for people. Like there's some people who feel like, well, listen, you know, if you're doing a reading for somebody, you shouldn't charge them because that's a God-given gift. Well, I feel like this. Maybe back in the day, in antiquity before, you know, we actually had paper money and things like that and, and to have to pay rent and bills and stuff. You know, maybe our ancestors did do that. But like I said before, like earlier on in the show, that times change, you know, different paradigms, different times, different, you know, different means for different times. So basically now we spiritualists, we still got to pay our bills. We still got to pay rent. We still got to feed our kids and, you know, feed ourselves. And, you know, even though this is a God-given gift, I'm going to tell you something. When I first started doing my readings, I was doing it on a, you know, a charity case, like just doing it just to do it, like, you know, for free. I was testing my abilities. I was doing it as donation on donation basis. I wasn't expecting nothing. You know, I was just honing my gifts. Now, if you're a, a beginner, a newbie, I would say, you know, it's good to practice. First, practice with yourself, practice with close friends, or, you know, practice with strangers. You know, set up shop, go practice at like a, a, a career, a, a, what they call them thing, a little craft shows, craft fairs. You set up your table, do your cards, your readings, whatever. This is practice, donation, have your little tip jar there, and people want to donate. You don't really have a certain price. However, there comes a certain point in time, and this may be, you know, for some people, maybe not, but for me, there came a point where my spirits was like, okay, listen, you got to start charging. You get me? You got to stop undermining yourself and your value. And... That's the thing, too, human psychology, humans don't really appreciate things that are free. You get me? Humans appreciate things that they have to invest in. So when you charge, it's like you're putting value on your services, on your time. You have to know what your worth is and how good you are. Like, there's some people out here that's charging, like, crazy buku money, like, for readings, and they're not even that good. You get me? Like, people will come to me and they'll be like, oh, I got a reading from someone, someone, so, and I, they charged me 200 some dollars for 30 minutes, and I didn't even learn anything. Nothing was right. You get me? So, you know, you got to be careful with who you give your money to and also um, 
don't let people haggle you for your for your your price. Because if you know your worth and you know your price, you shouldn't be, you know, haggling with it. And you never haggle over spiritual stuff. You know, that's like an old saying, you don't do that. You don't haggle over, oh, you know, give me a discount for the spiritual wash. Give me a discount for that. Because then, you know, it doesn't really work out Mm-mm. well in the end. Yep. Yep. I love that. And this actually transitions well into the next question I have for you. Um do you think that social media and commercialization has commoditized or commoditized spirituality at all? And how can people discern between those who are truly working for their benefit, doing work they believe in, and those who are just essentially trying to make a dime off something that has gained popularity today? I mean, who was it that did that? I think the Austin twins or something like that. But you got to – this is what I always tell people. Look at the person that you're buying stuff from. If this person is struggling, you feel me, like they look like they're desperate for money, they don't look right, you know, energetically, because I always tell people if somebody's energy is not right, if your eyes are in tune, you'll be able to see through it. Like they look like they're having a rough time. Don't buy anything from them because if they can't even help themselves, what makes you think that their product's going to help you? In turn, it might actually do the opposite. It might turn your whole life upside down. I've known people who went to spiritualists and got some work done or got some products, and, you know, instead of their money improving, their money actually got worse. They lost their job. They went through debt. You understand? And sometimes you got to, not even sometimes, all the time, you got to be aware of the people who hands are touching that work because hands have energy. That's how we create. So if this person's energy is not balanced or if they're going through a hard time or, you know, they got bad energy, bad vibes, then they're putting that same energy into the bath that they prepare for you, into the oils that they make for you, you feel me? And there's even some occultists out here that, you know, they have groups and they do these rituals and they're harnessing people's energy so that their products can sell. And when you use their products, you know, you you need more and more because your money keeps depleting, so you got to keep coming back, okay? So you got to be careful. And as far as, like, um, you know, mainstream, I would just say you got to use your intuition. Like, some things you just have to use your common sense for. Just know when something's overpriced. Know when, you know, like, this person don't even seem like they're about that life. You get me? you got to just fill things out, if that makes sense. Oh, totally. Absolutely. It's so true. It's like, that's why that's why I'm so adamant about, you know, harnessing and channeling my own energy when I'm, you know, creating, whether it be a candle and dressing it or, you know, just putting, even it and putting love into the things that I create, whether it be for work or making food for my kids. Like, it's so true. But I also think that you bring up a really important part, too, the idea of the healer or the spiritual worker you know, what their energy is and how they are has a direct reflection on the work that they do. And I feel like not enough healers take the time sometimes to remember to heal themselves. And that could be just spiritual healers or even like doctors or counselors or nurses and things like that. Um, We forget, like, you know, the whole idea of not giving from an empty cup. We forget to refill and replenish and take the time to care for ourselves because we get so caught up in trying to care for others. I think that's so, so important that we remember to to honor and cherish and take care of ourselves too. And I know I'm preaching to the choir and I have to remind myself this all the time. <laughs> it's so true. Because <laughs> it's 
like especially as women it's like like you said at the very beginning it's like we're we're taught to like you know sacrifice and that's 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 something that like I think me getting hurt totally has like made me like flip the switch I have to ask for help I need my my kids to help me I need my my you know my family to come out and help me and and it's important to heal yourself first because how if you can't heal you how are you going to go around and help others heal it's it's just not going to work that's a fact what do you think has been the most impactful experience that you've had while on this whole journey that you've been on that's a difficult one um I would say it's not just one was the most impactful because it's just kind of like there's so many different ones, but there's like main things, main lessons that I've learned that really just, you know, impacted me the most. I would say um, deception and betrayal has taught me a lot along this journey. I learned that you know, in the spiritual community, everybody is not your friend and that there's actually more vampires in the spiritual community than it is when you're outside. You get me? Um, Because, like I said, there's people who prey on the innocent, who prey on newbies, and, you know, people that's just naive. They come into the Mm -hmm. community and they be like, oh, everybody's all love and light, but mm, they're not. You get me? Mm -hmm. So um, Mm -hmm. learn the hard way that people will lie and, and steal and cheat and even try to throw hexes at you to harm you, um, even people you think are your friends. But that's the funny thing. People will pose as your friends to get real close to you just so that they could get close enough to do something to you. So mm. that's why, you know, you got to be very cautious and always have your protection up. Even if oh, you think nobody, you know, even if you think, oh, I don't got no enemies, oh, yeah, you do. Okay, mm-hmm. especially if you're successful and you're doing well and you have your own business and, you know, you, 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 you're kind and you're generous and people like you, oh, yeah, you got enemies, honey. You got enemies. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. one hard lesson that I had to learn is betrayal and everybody ain't your friend. Um, uh, that was one of my hardest lessons. Another lesson that I've learned is just knowing your value. And this is just life lessons in general, not just in spirituality, but life lessons. Like knowing your value. When you know, when you undermine your value, then people will always also undermine you. And you will miss a lot of opportunities. You won't think that you're good enough for certain things. You won't actually, you know, you won't proceed or go forward in taking chances because you feel like, well, I'm not good enough. I I don't know anybody. I'm nobody. You got to know your value. You got to be like, I'm good enough. Okay, I'm important enough. I'm going to walk up to this person and I'm going to introduce myself because I'm somebody. You got to mm-hmm. tell yourself that because if you don't, you'll always miss out on opportunities your way. Spirits can bring you opportunities, but you have to have the courage to take it. And that's one thing that I had to learn was courage. Courage to pursue things that I normally would have been afraid to because I was either timid, I was shy, or I didn't think that I was good enough. So always have courage in yourself, believe in yourself, and know that you can. And you will. Mm, yep. Self empowerment. Are we speak it into existence? So mm-hmm. true. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, and continue to study, continue to grow. You know, um, don't think the ego will make you think that, oh, I know this stuff already. I don't need to read this. I know about candles. I know what to do. Like that's your ego telling you I know everything. Mm-hmm. But you have mm-hmm. to humble yourself. It wasn't until I humbled myself all the way where, you know, more knowledge came in. I always told myself, you know, 
I'm, I will still pick up a beginner's book and read it because it's always room for improvement and sometimes even a refresher. You gotta refresh yourself sometimes. Go back to the drawing board, to the to the basic stuff. You know, before you could just jump and leap to the advanced stuff. Some people don't even know how to meditate. They don't even know how to incorporate their own will and stuff. They don't even know how to manifest. And that's why we did the recent manifestation challenge that's still going on right now. Um, and it's just pretty much where you um, write down three things that you want to manifest. And, you know, you time yourself and see how these things are going to come into your reality. So it could say, I want to see a pink car. I want to see a blue bird. You know, I want to see a, a gray dog or something like that. Those three things. And usually you'll manifest that in your reality some way somehow, right? That's just developing your gift to manifest stuff. There's an old saying, don't call on nothing that you can't put down. If you don't know how mm. to put this thing down, do not knock on that door because, honey, if you keep knocking long enough, something going to answer. It's important to be a lifelong learner, always open to drawing in that knowledge. Do you have any goals for, you know, the upcoming year, for the future that you would want to share for your brand, your channel, your journey overall? I know that the teaching thing is going to be like that next big step, but is there anything else that you're really truly excited about? I'm just really focused on, I'm focused on a lot right now, but um, I would just say I like to show and I tell, so I'm going to let you guys see all the <laughs> coming my way and there's a reason why I do that you know um because you know it's a saying in the magical world you got to be careful what you speak into existence before you actually do it because there could be people out there who wish ill upon it you give me evil eye and they, they jinx your blessings that's why I always tell people you know don't tell your friends when you're going for an interview don't tell your friends when you know some opportunity is about to happen or you're about to go on a trip or you know you, you want to keep those things to yourself until the sign still and delivered so that nobody can throw any bad juju on it and that's why I do what I do. I tell people, you know, the only reason why I tell people ahead of time, like, listen, these classes are coming, because that way people could sign up for the email list and so I can send it out to them. That's the only reason why. You know, you got to wrap people up and prepare for that. So my main thing right now is these classes, and it's going to be coming very soon. So tune in for that, and if you want to get the emails, you got to sign up for my on my website, divinemagic22.com. Uh, where else? Where else can people connect with you online? Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, Instagram, yeah, Instagram. All of my links are actually connected on my YouTube. So if you go on my YouTube channel, Conjure Queen, and you go to the About page, there's like links to everything: my website, my Instagram, my email, all of that. Thanks for listening to this latest episode of Make and Create. If you enjoy these kinds of episodes, let me know. Reach out to me on makingcreatepodcast.com and let me know what else you'd like to hear. The one message that stood out to me the most within my conversation with Conjure Queen is the idea of listening to your inner guide and following your own path. It's so important not to get caught up in what others expect of you. Follow your heart, go after your dreams, but put in the work. When you put the work in, believe in it. Put the seeds of success out into the universe and you will be surprised at what you can manifest. Our conversation also really established the importance of connecting with our ancestors and knowing your cultural history. This is something that I've personally been following through on for the last few years. I've been working on reconnecting to my roots and knowing the history of the cultures I come from. 
specifically indigenous cultures in Puerto Rico, the Taino on my mother's side, and my ancestry on my father's side from Mexico. So many of us Latinos born here in America feel a disconnect to where our ancestors came from and to the cultural traditions, beliefs, and practices of our people. Many of us know our food, but don't always know the folklore or spiritual practices. Take some time to ask your family questions to learn more about the country that your family was originally from. It offers a beautiful perspective in terms of how deep your lineage is. It's also empowering and uplifting knowing your ancestors have your back. Honor them in a special way, whether it's putting a photo in a frame and hanging it up and taking a moment each day to acknowledge them, or lighting candles on an altar, or thanking them and the higher being that you believe in for the blessings that they bring your way. It's a beautiful sentiment to add to your daily life. All of this reminds me of a quote that I read not too long ago from an unknown source that gave me beautiful peace. It goes, You are never alone, even during what you think are your weakest moments. You have thousands of years of powerful ancestors within you. The blood of the great divine ones is in you. Supreme intellect and royalty is in you. Infinite strength is always untapped for you. Know that. If you're interested in learning more about these concepts, you need to subscribe to Conjure Queen on YouTube. Just check her out on youtube.com slash queen. If you want to book a reading, visit www.divinemagic22.com and that's www.divinemagic22.com. And if you want to just keep up with Conjure Queen on social media, follow her on Instagram with the handle at IamConjureQueen. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you are inspired and enjoy the episodes, take some time to subscribe to it on iTunes, Anchor FM, on your RSS feed, or any other podcast listener or website that you use. You can find a new episode live every other week. While you're online, make sure you stop by makinggreatpodcast.com for my bi-weekly updates and features associated with each episode. If you want to keep up with me and the show on social media, just follow at makinggreatpodcast on Facebook and Instagram. If you like what I'm doing and you want to support, take a moment to check out the show's Patreon page at patreon.com slash makeandcreatepodcast. Any pledge amount can help me with the admin side to keep creating the content on the show. That's all I have for this week. Check back in a couple weeks for our next episode. Till next time, I'm your host, Genvigi Elizan, and in the words of Conjure Queen herself, Ashe, thanks for listening. <laughs>